so, boys, I have a confession. Um, what have you done this week, Claire? British sprinting is my love island. <laughs> I am obsessed in the same way that some people get home from work and they put their feet up and they watch... I don't know anything about Love Island, but the same way that people are obsessed with it, British sprinting has become the mainstay of my spring and summer. Oh, I love it. I absolutely agree. I couldn't, couldn't think of a better thing to be obsessed with. It is completely on fire, and that is what this week's Sprint Queen special is about. But let's get the niceties out of the way. I am Claire. I'm Jodie. And I'm Bayer. And this is the latest, the 27th, I believe, edition of the Backstraight Boys and Girl. And it's all about the women tearing up that home straight in British strips this year. This is Alison Phillips and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. At this moment in time, we have got eight women with European qualifying times over 200 metres. From this year? There's three Just others from last year. Except perfect, 11 <laughs> women. That's, you know, that's more than we have lanes. The final's going to be amazing at the British Champs. Six of them have gone sub-23. Four of them are in the fastest eight 200 metre runners in Europe this year. It's going to be really special come British Champs. But the, the point, the real point about it is, we've never had anything like this before. I know there's people around the world who are thinking, hey, what are we talking about? That's not going to be nothing to be shouted about. But I don't think you understand the long fallow period that Britain has had for female sprinters. We've always had male sprinters. We've had the odd female pop up here and there, can be world class, but had injuries or never like been able to sustain it. And at long periods of time, we've had absolutely nobody. We've um, had years when no one ran under 23 yes, seconds. Yeah, we used to get excited when someone would run like a 23-2, you know. So the fact that we have... Um, um, Dina and Jody and Bianca and all these people running sub um, so well under 23 mm. and in Dina's case goodness knows what she's going to run later in the year it's just too exciting but what we really should talk about first of all is Dina's 100 metre record <laughs> which to be listen this sounds ridiculous but every time I look at that every time I see that number 1092 with a British Union Jack next to it I kind of well up a bit oh seriously <laughs> we spent decades we'd have someone would run like 11.24 and we get like super excited and it's 10.92 it's like the sort of time that Merlin Otter used to run you know <laughs> but not just that she ran to then she backed yes. it up by beating Mueller yeah. and running 10.93 in, 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 into a negative wind so yeah. it's a, essentially a better performance yeah. so it's not just a one-off time like we've had athletes who've run one-off times every now and then in some in Where's that place in from the shop? Well, yeah, <laughs> we have people running decent times, but to back it up, that means it's the real deal. Yeah. It means it's not a fluke. I spoke to Dina on Friday night for what is coming up soon, and is a very lengthy interview special with her. And she actually said that it was not a well-executed race at all. Good. And that there is a lot more to come when she can put it together. That yeah, that national record, lots of stuff wrong with that. The race after that, loads of stuff wrong with that. She said in one of the races, she didn't actually, she's watched it back from an, an aerial view and she's not even running in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so much more to come. It's really exciting. And you think in those um, competitions, she had, there was good girls in there. Yeah, she mm. beat Muriel Ahure, beat her and then she beat Muriel Ahure. But there are loads and loads of other, and we were talking the other week, weren't we, about how great the women's sprints are at the moment. She, Michelle um, like, the eye was in there, who's yeah. a Commonwealth champion. No, but I'm saying that there's others still to come. So that isn't like, a, she hasn't been in a major, huge race with all the main guns at the moment. Yeah. And this is the first time we've actually seen Dina. Well, no, she was in her first race of the year. It wasn't, so, well, it, do you remember in, was it in, in America? When she went, she came seven. Yes, like, sure. Eleven oh six. Yes, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. But think as the season goes on, this is a totally new thing to see a British female sprinter in the hundred meters 
running up against those big guns and us not thinking she's not an afterthought it's not a Birmingham Diamond League you know mm-hmm. she can run anywhere she likes she can have any lane she likes across the whole world for the rest of the season when running in this form it's really super exciting but she relishes competition and she's so good at upping her game when it matters most so like you said once she is up against the really informed world runners and there's a whole field of them just think how quick she's going to go but one thing we mustn't do is get a bit ahead of ourselves yeah. which we all did after she ran 10.92 we all went oh my gosh she's going to run way under 22 seconds blah 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 and I do think she'll run under 22 seconds, but there's one thing, someone, it was actually on the Track and Field News forum, that someone pointed out, that when she ran her PB, which was 22.06, it was um, in 2015 in, in Beijing, 2015, yeah. when Daphne ran that ridiculous time, Elaine ran that ridiculous time, they ran 22.5 and 22.6, and we were all like, oh, there must be something wrong with the track, oh, this is a fluke. So you can't say that for them, who've never got approached those times since, and then accept Dina's 22.06 as being her legitimate... And it is, 100% it is mm-hmm. her best, but more her... After it's 22.2 is around where she's, her, she's been running, yeah. and the same with the others, it's like probably around 22.8. The thing so, is that I would argue there is, this is before she was a 10.900. No, and that's the so. point. So we, we can't extrapolate that to from 22.06 to 21.8, for example. I think we need to take a little bit more... I'd like her to be running 20... 22 sixes before we Mm -hmm. think she's going to do that massive jump again. Agreed. And I think what's a real shame is that Daphne Shippers has lost quite a lot of, I think, speed endurance this year. She's looking muscier. She's definitely slowing down in the latter stages of her race. And I don't... I've seen people talking about this on Twitter and I think I'm inclined to agree with them that her latest training regime perhaps is making her a better 100 metre than 200 metre runner now that she's less of a heptathlete come sprinter and more Mm. of an all-out sprinter. But that head-to-head could be really special. Yeah, absolutely. And especially over 100, because we we expect over 200, Daphne, like, she hasn't been doing it recently, but you mm. expect her to come on really strong at the end. Yeah. Um, over the 100, if I'd say they're much more even. And uh, right at the moment, I feel like Daphne's probably got the upper hand. No, sorry, Dina's probably got the upper hand. Although Daphne did run faster at the beginning of the year, didn't she? I think Daphne and Dina are one and two for both the one and the yeah. two in Europe this year. So yeah, there's quick times to come so that's enough of our chatter we didn't come no one came here to listen to us <laughs> <laughs> we've got some amazing interviews this week so why don't we talk to some of the amazing British young British female sprinters who are really tearing up the track at the moment and let's first of all let's go and talk to Jodie Williams hi this is Jenny Simpson and back straight back alright <laughs> is that alright <laughs> thank you Jodie it's so exciting for us because we look in the results um, charts and there we see you running 22 seven twice this year welcome back it's lovely to see you thank you so much um yeah it's nice to be running 22 again not quite <laughs> where i want to be but definitely headed in the right direction so no it's a nice feeling we've seen you over the last few years but 2014 was your big break senior breakthrough year you ran amazingly that year 2015 um it was you ran sparingly um 2016 i thought was solid but probably not where you wanted to be and then we hardly saw you at all in 2017 so what's been going on with you over the past few years um a lot. <laughs> um, I don't think it's any secret that I've had a lot of injury struggles over my time. Um, like you said, 2014 was um, a great year for me. Um, I managed to kind of do what I was supposed to do. Um, still, I wasn't entirely happy with that year. I think there was still more to be had there, but I was I was happy with that. And then um, 2015 was just the same old story, really. Um, I got really, really hurt, um, really couldn't get any training behind me and then ended up not making um, an individual spot for the first time. And my confidence was just crushed, really. Um, 
going into 2016, I moved to America. So for me, actually, that year was my biggest breakthrough, considering I had changed coach and yeah. everything had changed drastically. I was really happy with how um, that transition had gone, really. Um, it normally takes about two years to get used to a new program. So to see promising results in the first year with a coach was um, was yeah. really great. And then obviously last year happened and without going into too much detail, I had a lot of uh, personal problems outside of track that just kind of impacted a lot more than I had anticipated coming into my track season. And honestly, like track had almost taken a backseat for me, which sounds weird coming from a professional athlete. Um, but I had so many external things going on in my life that I needed to take care of. I really didn't have a chance to give 100% to track and I'm, you know, as a sprinter, especially you just cannot afford to not give your all. Mm. And, you know, that showed on the track for me and I just couldn't get myself into any form of shape. I'm really happy to be back running the kind of times that I need to be running and getting back into shape. Obviously, we support athletes all the time, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And it's interesting what yeah, you said, exactly. because person, personal stuff can overtake any of us at any moment in any walk of life. But when we see athletes, we don't think about that. We just think, oh, they're not training or something's wrong. But we don't think about the personal lives as well. It's almost like you're not people. You're just these these things perform on the track. I hope you've got over those. And it's really nice to see you back. So the injury problems you've had um, over the past few years, have they been the same injuries or is it different ones? I've had some repetitive injuries for sure. Um, a lot of problems that mean I have to adjust um, certain things, but mm. sometimes it's the same thing. Sometimes it's different things. I've had a lot of random um, freak injuries that have happened and just bad timing really. But the majority of the time it seems to be my hamstrings, which mm. we finally got under control. Um, in this new program, I haven't had as many injury problems as I have had in the past. And this year I've managed to stay relatively injury free also. And I haven't had any of those repeat injuries that I had in the past. Um, so I'm really happy with that. I think it gets really frustrating as an athlete when you're having the same injury problems over and over again. And it yeah. doesn't seem like anyone can get to the bottom of, of yeah. what the real issue is. And that's kind of what my the biggest change for me was moving to America is instead of just masking over and, and fixing the injury, we kind of stripped it all back and, and looked at what was causing those repetitive injuries. And we had to kind of take a couple of steps backwards before we could really progress. And I think that's where I am now. Um, I'm actually managing to progress and build on something rather than, you know, just going back and, and fixing all of those problems. So for me, that's really positive. So can you just tell us a little bit about your setup in America? You're training in Arizona. So who's your coach yeah. and who are your training partners? Um, so yeah, I'm out um, with Altis in Phoenix. Um, mm -hmm. Stu McMillan is my coach. I knew him from when he was in um, the UK back in, I think around, well, it would have, he was here leading up into uh, the London Olympics. Mm. So um, yeah, I'd kind of got in touch with him and um, gone out to test it. And I actually went out for 10 days for a trial and then ended up never coming back because <laughs> um, I loved it so much. <laughs> We have an amazing group out there. Female-wise, I've got Ella Nelson and Felicia George just joined us too. So we've got a great training set up there. Um, the males, we've got CJ's out here with me, mm -hmm. um, Andre DeGrasse, Amir Webb and Chavez yeah. Hart. So we've got a really great training group. Yeah. Um, Aries Merritt's out there as well and he's amazing. So yeah, no, it's a really great 
great group of people um, and pretty inspirational place to be, really. And great weather. Great weather, yeah. <laughs> um, well, sometimes almost too great. It gets yeah. up above 40 degrees, which mm-hmm. can be borderline unbearable at times. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the weather is uh, second to none, really. You were talking about the hamstring injury you have. Is this the injury that happened in 2012 at the trials? Is that the same thing you've been struggling um, with ever, ever since? Well, I mean, the first time I tore my hamstring was earlier on that year, actually. Right. That, the hamstring <laughs> tear that I happened at, at trials was actually my third hamstring tear of that wow. year. Um, so I'd kind of gone into trials knowing that, you know, I was, it was very risky for me to turn up and me being young me, I was determined to, to turn up and and give it my best shot anyway, but I, I knew the risks going in and I, I was pretty much guaranteed to, to tear my hamstring in reality. Um, but you know, hindsight's a, a wonderful thing and you live and you learn. No one had really asked why I was tearing my hamstring over and over again. Um, but at the end of the day, it came down to, to mechanics. We really had to strip all of that back and, and go back to, to real basics. I was, I basically learned how to run again, which uh-huh. was, um, interesting and not always easy once you've been running the same way for years yep. and years. Touch wood. Um, I haven't had any of those same issues for a long time. So, so I don't want to go on about your junior career because I know you've talked about it forever. That, I, I feel have. Like 20, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot to talk about. It was pretty amazing. Um, but I feel like that it 2012 was, was, all was right. kind of, yeah, yeah, was a bit of a turning point because up until then, it had been an amazing junior career. And there was a lot of pressure on you because... It was the Olympic. It wasn't just it was going to be a senior Olympics, but it was the London Olympics. You also had your A levels that year. It was a really lot of stress going on. I think, like we said earlier, I think the public forget that we're humans at the end yeah. of the day. And as much as you know, we're extremely focused, and you know, we have crazy levels of determination and and all of this, and. You know, we train super hard every day and we're very single minded. But at the end of the day, we are human beings and we have external stresses. And I think for me, um, the biggest part of this is I'd never learned failure. Um, Mm. I'd really never learned what it meant to fail in my mind. All that there was was success. Like I had never even considered that there was an option of oh, this might not go to plan. Like to me, (laughs) there was one plan and that plan was success. And I think it's such an important lesson to learn. And I think if I had known that and had learned those lessons earlier on and I hadn't been so protected from it, um, Mm. I would have bounced back from that a lot better. But in that one moment, it all kind of came crashing down. And I had never really dealt with any of it. So on top of not making the team, I also had to deal with all of this external stuff that was going on in my life. And it was a lot to to handle. And I yeah. think um, I kind of had a bit of a personal crisis on top of, you know, not making that team. So for me, that was a massive turning point. But you're a teenager as well. And like there's normal yeah. teenage problems that people go through. And then yours are heightened and you're expected to cope with them like an adult. And like even yeah. as adults, we have problems that we can't sort through. So it must be really, really tough to be in that situation. Yeah, I think that's what people forget. Um, people expect you to to behave as an adult and, yeah. and handle all of these adult problems as an adult. But like you said, I was what 18 years old. Yeah. I had no idea how to to handle these things and so yeah it was a it was an interesting time 
you're still you're still here you're still running great world-class times and you're going to get better and better so just the very fact you're still here from that amazing junior success is a success in itself because a lot of juniors don't make it yeah I think um it is almost easier to quit honestly especially when you know you have you've gone from kind of being a junior and everyone praising you and building you up as the next big thing and then you have one blip and everyone turns against you kind of thing (laughs) and like everyone goes from praising you to being oh you're not going to make it you're just a washed up junior like people are very um quick to judge people in this sport I think and as a as a teenager and as a as a young person that's still developing um like that's a very difficult thing to deal with and I think that's why so many juniors don't follow through because you know to them like what's the point in this so it's almost easier to just walk away from it and just say Mm -hmm. look I achieved this as a junior I'm I'm pretty happy with that let me just go and enjoy normal life and 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 be a normal human being well we're very very happy that you've kept believing in yourself and you are still here and the other thing that we're (laughs) really happy about is the standard of British female sprinting at the moment is ridiculous it's an all-time high I put a lot of that down to you I think the inspiration that you had as a junior, but also in 2014, bringing through all those (laughs) other girls, you've really encouraged them to come through. And now they're all your competition. There's 11 women, I think, who have got the qualifying for the Europeans this year. Um, (laughs) I think it's amazing. Honestly, I never really thought about being someone they look up to. Um, (laughs) 100%. Like for me, I'm just, um, you know, I'm just out here doing my thing the same as everyone else. Um, training away and and trying to be better but yeah I mean it's incredible this is exactly what we need if you know as a country we're ever going to go up and and challenge the top level medals and be continuously making world champs and olympic finals you need that depth I know you look at the Jamaicans and you look at the Americans and Mm -hmm. they have an incredible amount of depth especially the Americans from the collegiate system these girls are running 11 O's and, and 22 lows day in, day out. And there's more millions of them, you know? <laughs> so I think for us to be challenging that top level, we need this. And this is so important. And rivalry within your own country is, oh, it's amazing. And I think this is only just going to push us on to better things. And I think you can see that happening year after year. Yeah. There's more and more girls appearing. And yeah, I think it's great especially going into trials, you know, everyone wants to see a competitive trials. No one wants to, to see kind of a, you know, a couple of standout girls and then the rest of the field not really performing. It would be amazing to see eight girls in each the 100 and the 200 final all, you know, challenging for those medals yeah. and it will be a really exciting time and that pushes everyone else on to, to better things. So what are your plans for this year? The European Championships must be the, the main goal. Definitely focusing in on the 200. Um, that's what I've been focusing on really for the last couple of years. Got trials and, and hopefully qualifying for that 200. And then, yeah, Europeans. And first step is making the team. But for yeah. me, you know, I definitely want to be back up at that at that top level and um, challenging for medals, really. Now, obviously, one of your biggest rivals is Dina. Um, she's been like her 100 metres this year. Twice she's won oh my gosh. 1092 and 1093, which at times yeah. you just don't think about when you think of British athletes. I mean, she must be an inspiration for you now. Seeing Dina run those times is is amazing. And, you know, seeing a British athlete winning Diamond Leagues, I yeah. think to everyone um, is an inspiration because 
you know, in the past we've kind of, well, we've even struggled to have British athletes in Diamond Leagues. Yeah. So to now see British athletes featuring in Diamond Leagues and, and winning them, I think, especially to young sprinters coming up, mm-hmm. they're now thinking, oh, well, if she can do it, you know, we can we can make it there. Before they didn't really have anything to to see. They just kind of saw all these Americans and, and Jamaicans and other European athletes um, featuring in the Diamond League. So I think especially for young up and coming athletes to see that and to see them to see Dina running world class times also um, I think is is something really special and something that's going to be so important in the future um, going forward for British sprinting for sure. And talking of the 100 metres, we don't see you over 100 metres anymore. Is that, are we, we going don't. to see you back at the 100? No? <laughs> Do you know what? I would love to. I love the 100. Obviously, it's something that I, I definitely used to, if anything, it used to be my main event. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, I've really found a, a love for the 200. And it's such a technical event. And I've put a lot of a lot of work into it and I've really been working on my bend and it will definitely be my main event going on. Um, but you know, I'll dip into the hundreds. I, you need the raw speed if you're ever going to feature in, in that top level in the 200s. So for me, that's always something that we're working on. But you also need strength. So are we going to see you doing any 400s as well? (laughs) (laughs) I actually opened up in a four by four, um, which was awesome because I got to run it with my sister. She came out to visit me in Phoenix and we ran a four by four together, which was super cool. Um, and I've always said the four by four is something that is definitely on my mind. Um, it's always been something that I've wanted to do. The individual four is definitely not something on my radar, <laughs> but the four by four is is definitely something that I that I want to do in the future, and it's something that I've spoken to British Athletics about, and you know we've had we've had those discussions. So you never know; you may see me featuring in a few more four by fours in the future. Fans are obsessed with athlete, uh, with relays, and that the, who could be in the relay and who should run what leg, and that's what we spend most of our time talking about. And you always come <laughs> up in discussions of four by four. I mean, I know you've run you've run at the European Cup; you run fifty one five. Um, which is a really mm-hmm. great debut so I think we we all think you have a lot of potential in the 400 and we'd love to see you in the relay so fingers crossed for that in the future I know I've got something good in me um, but it's just going to be a matter of timing and and getting back into that that race race sharpness um, but yeah I mean I'm definitely looking to to push on and start running pbs again and you know start running under 22.5 more regularly so that is Something that hopefully you'll be seeing from me um, in the not too far future. That's what we have. Well. And you know what? You're going to have to because there's loads of other girls who are going to be saying the same thing. Yeah, so. exactly. I don't <laughs> even have a choice. It's, no, exactly. it's time. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, just before you go, there's just three questions we're asking everybody. In the sprints, who has been your inspirations over the years? I think for me, it has to be Alison Felix. <laughs> and I was a very skinny kid. Um skinny with long limbs Mm -hmm. and at that point there weren't very many skinny long limb sprinters around Mm -hmm. um so for me looking up and and seeing this this woman that just floats around the track and she's tiny and my coach would say look if she can do it then you can do it your your body type is very similar to hers and your sprinting style is very similar to hers so I used to watch her races obsessively when I was a kid and then I got the chance to meet her. So she's yeah. kind of been my idol um, come friend <laughs> um, yeah. over the years. So it's been really awesome to to kind of look up to her and see her progression. 
What is the secret to going sub 23 in the 200 metres? I think, like I said earlier, you know, you always need that raw speed to run sub 23. You've got to be able to at least run 11.4. Um, so I think the first step is is being able to cut down your, your 100 metre speed. But I think the biggest thing I've learned um, after moving out to Phoenix is the bend is such an important thing. Yeah. Um, I used to run my 200s backwards and, you know, I'm I'm famous for finishing really strong but actually now I run it the opposite way around. Um, so I think if you can really nail that that end of the bend and coming off into the straight, um, that is a big, a big, big part of running sub 23. It's really interesting to hear you say that because it's something that Michael Johnson, whenever he commentates, is always banging on about. And it feels like sometimes British athletes don't have that technical knowledge that um, other yeah. Caribbean and American athletes do. Last question. Um, you're a champion, you are a champion, and when you come into the ring like a boxer, what would your entrance music be? Probably Six Foot Seven <laughs> by Lil Wayne, <laughs> one of my favourite songs, and it's okay. it's on my race playlist, and it would just get me so hyped coming into the ring to that song. Um, I'd have to maybe beep out a few of the lyrics, but oh, it's one of my favourites, so I think I'd have to say that. Okay, you've made me feel very old. I've no clue what that is, but I'm going to go and find it now and get hyped. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah. If you ever need to be in the gym and you need to get hyped, you need to listen to that song. It's, it's okay. a good one. Shannon, you, along with your sister, are a queen of many things. Liquid eyeliner, one of the most distinctive giggles in athletics, and probably the greatest disparity between your fierce race face and your enormous smile when you're not running. But you are now also an honorary backstraight boys and girls sprint queen. So we are talking to everybody, as you know, who has gone sub 23 this year. How good is it to be back and how much did you enjoy racing in that meet? I mean, it's amazing to be back. I mean, obviously I had an injury earlier this year and it was something I kept quite quiet for a while. Um, Only really my, well, my team really knew about it and people who obviously saw me at the track doing rehab. So, um, yeah, Mm. I feel great to be back. I mean, it's my love. I love the sport. And, yeah, for me, it's just been great to just be putting on my spikes and, yeah, I'm racing into fitness, really. And how long ago were you back in spikes at training? Um, gosh, when did I get into spikes? Four weeks ago, five weeks. Wow, so you really are fresh off the back of it. What was the rehab like? Oh, it was awful. There was, there's been tears. There's been, oh, throwing up. It's been awful. It's been really hard, really hard. <laughs> oh, bless you. But does that mean that you've come back both mentally and physically stronger than ever? Yes, like I've I've really had to work hard and, you know, it really puts into perspective how much you take your health for granted. Um, just simply just putting your foot down and it, I guess it has put a bit of more of a fire in your stomach because I really just want to be able to prove myself right and do what I want to do, um, do what I wanted to have done before I fractured my foot. You're such a high energy person. Rehab is very dull sometimes and takes a lot of self-control and patience. Does that come naturally to you? When I fractured my foot and with my injury, I did have to take a step back and I'm someone who's quite fast paced naturally, like I really just want to get going. But with injuries, you have to just let let your body heal. And that's something that you cannot control. It's something that's really not within your grasp. You can't control time. You can't control certain things. Um, I've just done everything in my power just to try and get myself back on the track as quickly as possible. 
nice I'm sure to have Sharice around did she help with the process yeah she really helped really helped like we've both had our fair shares of injuries um over the over the last couple of years and yeah she's really helped there's been tears there's been stresses as well with uni and stuff and it's just hard um but yeah it's very nice to have someone around you keeps you grounded and you know keeps you going I'm sure it was missing the gold coast was that a motivation for you yeah, well, I was quite, I was upset about not making Gold Coast selection, but I guess it was, I don't know, a blessing in disguise because I, I had my injury. Um, but yeah, the goal's always been the same, irrespective of selections. Um, so for me, it was, it was a bit of a blip, but you know, the goal is still the same and that's for me to qualify for the Europeans. And yes, that's what I'm aiming for. So that's the big light at the end of this season's tunnel. That's your carrot for 2018 Europeans. Yes, that, that has always been the goal. Always been the goal for um, Europeans. Commonwealth is just amazing because it happens once every four years. And it was in Australia and it looks so cool. It's so amazing. But, you know, um, Europeans was always the goal. Right, so let's turn and look at trials because as it stands, there are swathes of talented athletes who could be on that start line for the 200 capable of going pretty fast yeah what has happened to british sprinting this year why is it so strong do you think do you know what i always feel like the talent has always been there for british athletes whether it be the sprints or field events and middle distance events but i feel like people are finding their own puzzles now um avoiding injuries they know what to do with themselves every athlete is different and i feel like you have to go through some hard times to figure out what your puzzle is and what works and what doesn't work and yeah, and I feel like a lot of the athletes are now believing in themselves. We've put ourselves on the map globally. Yeah, so we've got such a massive depth. I feel like it's a lot of self-belief and just figuring out your own puzzles, really. It must be amazing turning up to relay camps or meets just within the UK and knowing that there are international quality athletes around you. It must be... Does it feel very self-sustaining that the success of your fellow sprinters encourages yours and vice versa? Yes, I feel like it's incredible. The energy we all elicit around us is so profound. Like we we understand like what our worth is and we understand what we can do and we all channel our energies in like together and yeah, that's been showcased in the relay medals last year at the World Championships. So with that in mind, I suppose the goal would be to go to Europeans as both an individual and a relay athlete? Yes, that's the aim. That's what I'm planning to do. So, yeah, I feel like that's a lot of the, um, the, all of the relay um, sprinters' aims. But obviously there's only three, three spots in the individual, so it's going to be very competitive. It's very exciting. It definitely will be. Well, at least you've already got a relay medal from this year already. Was that your first box championships? Yes, it's, yes, it was my first box, um, and I was really excited to go. I really wanted to do indoor box this year, but obviously because I fractured my foot, I couldn't attend it. So I was really frustrated. And I said to my coach, I was like, "No, I really want to do box this year, whether it be <laughs> a relay or individual. I really want to do it." And unfortunately, I couldn't have done the individual. Um, so I was like, "I'm getting on that start line. I'm going to do a box. I really want." do it so yeah I was really happy good for you and always nice to leave with a gong yes amazing there are three questions that Bayo, Jodie and myself are asking all of the sprint queens for this episode and I know this is tricky because both you and your sister are chatterboxes but you've got one sentence to answer each one second oh gosh okay this is a challenge okay (laughs) imagine you're a boxer when you walk to the start line at trials you can have an entry track of your choice what would you want to walk to the start line to, music-wise? Oh, gosh. Kanye's Stronger. 
Yes, what a choice. I actually did my year seven inter-house gymnastics routine to that. <laughs> did you actually? Oh, that's a throwback, <laughs> yeah. It's a good song, it's a good song. It is great. Okay, in a sentence again, who is your biggest inspiration as an athlete? Alison Felix. Good, two words, very concise. And this one's a little harder, but what is the secret or the one magic ingredient to dipping sub 23? Don't die in the last 50. <laughs> brilliant that's excellent advice i feel that could be the secret to quite a lot of events it's it's uh universal in all you know everything from the 60 to the marathon although actually if you're dying in the last 50 meters of a 60 meter race you need to (laughs) reevaluate reevaluate what's going on (laughs) exactly Sharice, I'm going to quickly turn to you. What's it like looking at the girls that you've grown up racing and seeing how they're all just excelling at the moment? Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, It's really motivating as well because it pushes you to do better and be better. And I think it's great that British sprinting is in such a great place. Excellent. And will we see you at trials too? Yes, you will in a couple of weeks. Excellent. I cannot wait to watch you both race. I can't remember what the timetable is like, but I will be there on the Sunday. I'll make some kind of enormous Hilton sign. if I thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for coming on the pod you are both sprint queens oh, thank, oh, thank you, you so thank you for having us I'm really excited actually because I'm here with Britain's new, newest sprint star Beth Dobbin so you're, you're a new name to many people including ourselves so can you just tell us a little bit about yourself yeah. where you're from how long you've been doing athletics etc yeah so um, I started athletics when I was at secondary school um, I had quite a few different health problems when I was younger so I never actually fully got into my athletics it wasn't until I managed to come off medication and, oh. and various different things that I started um, doing well in my athletics so when I was 16 I went to the English schools and um, got a silver medal and then um, from there moved to Loughborough University met my new coach again had different health problems <laughs> Um, it was been a bit of a journey, but the past maybe three years, um, it's it's been going really well. No problems, no injuries, no illnesses, touch wood. Um, so yeah, I broke um, twenty four se- seconds maybe three four years ago, and that was a, a real barrier um, after being through all different injuries. And then yeah, had a good year last year, went ran twenty three three, and then managed to break the twenty twenty three barrier this year. Um, I represent Scotland, so my dad's from Dunfermline, um, so I'm very, very patriotic. I remember when I was younger, we all used to just Scotland flags <laughs> everywhere around the house. We're really, really patriotic, so yeah, I do feel like I'm quite new on the scene, um, and like it's weird now I'm racing girls that I've looked up to, I've watched on the TV, I've had selfies with, <laughs> so then you go to competitions and you're like sat across from them. It's just a bizarre feeling, so I do feel like I'm new on the scene. That's really interesting to hear about your um, illness and injury problems when you were younger because we didn't know you as a junior at all. A lot of the sprinters we've got at the moment were very successful as juniors and you're coming in at age 23 and it's a different way of doing it and maybe maybe a very successful way. Yeah, and I think doing it that way, um, you don't ever get complacent because I've achieved nothing. (laughs) Um, So I've just always had that hard work. I have to do everything right. I can't miss a stretch. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't ever get complacent with it because I've not achieved anything. Um, And I think sometimes if you um, get used to having so much success while not doing everything right, you think, why do I have to do that? You know, I've run this, I've run that. I've never been in that situation, you know. I've never been the best. I've never even been that good. So I just (laughs) do everything right because I'm like, you know, 
that's that's the only way you're going to get the results because I, I accept that I, I was never as talented as these girls. When I went 23-1, that was a huge shock because mm. that was like uh, like a, a huge PB. Um, I didn't realize, I thought I could run that by the end of the season, but I didn't think I'd be running that in May in Loughborough. Um, so that was like a huge shock and a big confidence boost. And then when I went to Eton... Um, uh, obviously, I was racing Shannon Hilton, and I was like really, really nervous because she's like British champion. And I just thought, Beth, you cannot mess up because if you mess up, like you, you're gonna not do well, kind of thing. So um, I just had to be on it. And when you're racing these girls, you just have to be on it. Um, so that's kind of what happened. And then, yeah, the time I didn't see the time straight away, and everyone was shouting the time at me, and I was just like, I just kept saying, no, 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 that, that can't be right, that can't be right. So I marched up to the. Um, like where the officials sit and I was like can you tell me the time they told me the time told me the wind but I was just like I rung my coach and he was like are you sure I was like I'm not sure I don't know like I just didn't believe it and then to back it up at the Diamond League was just yeah it was amazing because I think because I've not had that much success I'm not that confident in my ability so I was just like it must be a fluke it, it must be and then to back it up and go slightly faster it was just um yeah a great feeling and I'm, I'm like proud of what I've achieved and talking of your coach it's Leon Baptiste who knows a thing or two yeah. about 200 meter running yes he does <laughs> and he he's taught me so much like I am so grateful to that man he's he's literally taught me everything really I know about athletics he, he really has helped me um in terms of like how to run a 200 um and you know I know I've not got the 100 meter speed like some of the girls um but he's he's really taught me took some good tips there well I was going to say that because I looked at your power of 10 to see oh she's won 22.8 over 200 she must yeah. be really fast over 100 yeah. 11 6 and then I thought yeah, oh yeah. maybe she's a strength 200 meter runner and she's really yeah, good at the 400 oh, yeah. But your 400 yeah. best is 55, so you're really a specialist 200-meter runner. Oh, okay. But, yeah, but yeah, I think I definitely am a strength. My, my quickest bit is my last 50, definitely. Um, and I think I gen- generate a lot of speed coming off the bend. Um, I hope that's where it comes from, because if you, like, half my 200-meter time, it's, like, 11.4, and my 100-meter time is 11.6. So <laughs> I think it can only be that. Um, it's a, quite a weird way to do it. But there are other athletes in the past that have done it, and, you yeah. know, when I'm chatting with my coach, my coach believes in me like an incredible amount, so much more than I believe in myself. And he he says, "Look at this athlete! Like they only ran eleven five, but they ran twenty two. Whatever, you can do that. You can do that." And um, so that that's really good. But yeah, definitely, I do think I've got some four hundred meter strength. Um, I think I did my second ever one this year and did a fifty three two. So indoors, so I'll I'll take that. I think that's where probably my um, abilities will lie in the future. We're seeing a two hundred four hundred yeah. meter runner. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah hopefully. <laughs> Um, now, often in the two hundred, if you've run twenty two eight twice, we'd be like, "Oh my god, yeah. you're going to the you're going to the European Championships. You're the, yeah. the best in the country, or at least in the top three. But there's eleven women who've qualified for the two hundred yeah. meters at the European Championships. Right. So the trials are going to be on fire. Um, yeah. What what are your plans for the rest of the year, and what are your hopes for the rest of the year? Two hundred's a weird one because every year I look on Twitter and I see everyone get. I follow all the athleticos and everyone's always like. <laughs> 200's the, the, the one to watch at trials and I'm like typical that is, that's my <laughs> event but you know it's great for the sport because if if we didn't have all them girls running these times no one would be running these times we're pushing each other along um, so in terms of my aims for the rest of the year I want to do well at trials I really do want to go to the Europeans I've never had a GB vest I've never been to a championships that is like something I, I need to do I just need it um, and I, I was close to the Commonwealth 
last year I was a hundredth of a second away mm. and again world indoors you know I was the next person for the relay so I, I've missed out a few times so I feel like and I just need um, a chance I, I need to finish in the top two if I want to go because I know I've not got the experience if I finish third you know I don't I, I don't expect to get selected because I've not got that experience so to book my my like seat on the plane I need to finish top two what inspired our sprint queen special this week was Dina yeah Dina is literally the queen of athletics like <laughs> Uh, oh, she's just so inspirational. And like I remember growing up, we were under twenties at the same time. I used to race Dina, and and she she was just so far ahead of everyone. She's literally the best British sprinter we've ever had, and I feel so privileged to be running at the same time as her. The British record she's broke is just amazing, but I am not one bit surprised. And I expect her to break the 200 record this year as well. The British record's amazing, but it doesn't one bit surprise me. And I still think she'll lower it. I think she'll get into the 10 eights for sure. Um, maybe even even quicker. She She's something else. She's a different level. <laughs> Three questions I want to ask you before you leave. We're asking everybody the yeah. same ones. Now you've told us a little bit about how Dina was inspiration, but who growing up was your sprint inspirations? So I think, even though she's a hat athlete I think Jess Ennis um, because I remember watching um, London 2012 just how she coped with that pressure was incredible and I don't think she gets enough credit I I think she's the best British athlete we've ever had for what she's achieved you know Olympic medals world medals after having like not even a year after having a baby and the Olympics was all about her and I think in athletics we're, we're so lucky that females are given pretty much an equal chance to males like you look at other sports like football Mm -hmm. and what females get in comparison to males is absolutely disgusting like it's just so unfair where the athletics Jess Ennis was the poster girl for London 2012 and she's a female like that does so much for girls that has done so much for me and it's like do you know what if she can be the face of athletics why can't other girls she's rapid as well so yeah. I can class her as a sprinter like my, now I can say mine and her PBs are exactly the same <laughs> over like the 200 meters but she's got six other events to do and obviously I did love Alison Felix when I was younger I think every girl loves Alison Felix because she's just so graceful you know so elegant on the track just so um classy with her performances so for me they were like my two if, if I ever passed Alison Felix I, I think I'd faint because I literally <laughs> love her so much so it's one of them like you really do fangirl but yeah they're, they're my two inspirations secondly what is your secrets to run in sub 23 you do it just every weekend now so you must have some secrets <laughs> for six years I'm really believing in my coach and not giving up I think um it could have been easy to say you know we've had we had a couple of bad years at the start and it's not going so well I'm going to move on but I didn't I thought you know stick with it so I think six years in one program we've had um a strength and conditioning coach um come in work with us this year for the first time so I've been power cleaning for six years now and for five of them I've been doing it completely wrong not really using my legs so he's really helped and I've got so much stronger in the gym I actually enjoy the gym now. I'm quite um, like a slim athlete. I don't. I wouldn't say I'm explosive or powerful, so I've never enjoyed the gym. But this year, um, definitely working with him, and um, that's helped a lot. And then the aim was to move up to 400s next year. So then this year in winter, we've introduced a few sessions, not many, um, but just you know, just to get me used to the, the like transition. So I think doing that because my strength is my finish, that has helped my finish even more. And last question: What would be your entrance number? 
this is quite difficult because <laughs> my music tastes I really like old school R&B and yeah. a bit mushy and a bit slow <laughs> um, so you can't really listen to that when you warm up but I do like hip hop as well and I'd probably say how we do 50 Cent because um, in sixth form we made a music video to that <laughs> um, so yeah I'd say that it just, just something that makes you feel really good about yourself pumps you up uh, makes you feel like you're unbeatable um, and just really gets you going so I'd say how we do 50 Cent Hi I'm Cathy Freeman and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. No. Backstreet! <laughs> <laughs> I did it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a really nice chat with Jodie. It's I'm so excited to see her back and running well Sweet. and in a good space because like, she had the most pressure on her I can Absolutely. ever imagine an athlete. I mean, she talks about it about when you're a young girl, you've got other problems going on in your life. Mm. And all we're thinking about is who crosses the line first. And she's like, I've got other shit going on in my life. <laughs> Plus injuries. But that pressure, it was 2012 Olympics. She had her A-levels. It was, she had that spectacular junior career. And she came out of that and 2013 was a little bit of a write-off. 2014, yes, everything's Fantastic. going in the right direction. And since then, it's been one thing after another after another. So to early June, running 22-7... Twice, twice, yeah. 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 Um, it's she's really in a great place to be, and she can be up there where where Dina's at. She went twenty two four four years ago. Yeah. She's she's like still only twenty four. <laughs> I remember just looking over the um, rankings like a couple of weeks mm. back, and I hadn't even thought that Jodie was. I hadn't forgotten about her, but because she's been injured and etc., you kind of worked. And I just suddenly saw this time. What? Jodie's on seven? <laughs> and then I think I called this Jodie here, my brother Jodie. He said, Did you know Jodie's like back and running amazingly? So that it makes me so happy because it was all Jodie was slightly before Dina as far as yeah. um, getting yes. getting the sprint queen ball rolling, you mm-hmm. know? So I think. Well, it, I think she did get the ball rolling. Did, I think she was somebody who was out there as a junior. We've had, we've had good juniors. Um, but, but um, I mean, Asha was a great junior. Yeah. She won the World Youth and then got injured. But Jodie won it time after time after time and translated that into a senior title. Yes. She, was world, she was British number one at 16. She, I think she won 2279 or something. Ridiculous. 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 And she was out there and people were like, oh, okay, well, there's no reason why we can't be yes, at that. And the 100%. people, they're just like a couple of years yeah. younger than her. Dina's two years younger than her. All, Bianca's the same, the same age as, as yeah. Jodie. Um, and she was definitely something that they had their sights on and they've all come up with us overtaken her a little bit but she's going to come back she's yeah. so talented yeah it's actually really really exciting and then of course we've got the even um, younger Hiltons which is fantastic <laughs> and then Beth Dobbin who we kind of said came from nowhere I mean this was so, was so exciting to talk to Beth Dobbin because I'd never heard of Beth Dobbin before either. until the other day I actually commentated on her oh. Vinka, the Scottish national champs in late August early September of last season and she is good She's great and she's lovely to watch as well. She's a really Is powerful. She tall? I've never seen her run. Not particularly, no, but she's just does a really lovely flow to the way she runs, but also very aggressive. She mm. really attacks the race and it's so it's fun to watch. What I thought was interesting in her interview was she said that she'd run last year, like twenty three two or something. Now we didn't notice that. Isn't that interesting? Because it wasn't that long ago. If someone had run 23 2, we would have all been like yes. tweeting about it. And I'm going talking about it. She managed to run it last year and it went completely yeah. like, by the wayside. I think also, by being a Scottish athlete, yeah. if she's not at British Champs and she's not doing those performances there, we don't notice it because we'll obviously keep an eye on the English Champs because that's where the majority of our yeah, international she's athletes only come from. just failed to qualify for the Scottish team for the Commonwealth, like by 200s or something. Because I think Ooh. it's 20, 23 2 was, was mm. the qualifying. And the same in the, in the 400. But what was interesting 
she's on, she's only an 11 6 100 meter runner yeah so she's got a lot of improvement to do that but her plan is to do the 400 and that was that's why she was saying that's why she's been so strong over 200 because she did a lot of 400 meter training so, so that's something i think people forget um mm. is that the strength is very important but how exciting to have these these young talents around at the moment Definitely. can i just give a shout out to somebody who i think gets overlooked is Bianca Williams. Totally yes, agree. Bianca does. Williams is a, like, she's a 22, 58, 200 meter yeah. runner. I think she's overlooked by selectors. Yes. Unless she forces her way into the team, which she did into the Commonwealth team. She came second at the trials. Um, she's overlooked by the fans. She's overlooked by the relay selectors. She's a very consistent runner. 2014, she was what, a 10th behind Jodie? Yeah. Um, she ran eight times under 23 that year. And she didn't have that junior career that we... So we don't know her the same way. She came out of nowhere. And she's very... She's very nice. She's not boisterous. She's softly spoken. Um, I really hope she has a great year this year. I'd love her to really stamp her mark and make her mark. It's going to be tough. Because there's so many trials. (laughs) Now, Shannon won the trials last year. Yeah, Shannon did. Yes. She won the trials. And Bianca came second. Bianca came second. So this year, with Jodie and Dean are back, and we haven't even seen, like, Desiree really running. She's won the 200, but Mm -hmm. she hasn't gotten to her. Let's not forget, there's Ashley knocking about the place. Yes, of course, Ashley's back as well. Finette. Yes. Amma Pee You know, but there's all these girls who, mm. unusual, we'd just be wondering who the third person was going to be. This year, we don't even know who's going to make the final. I'm guessing some people will just do the 100 or something, so some decisions will be made. But that final could be made up of all people who've qualified. Yeah. And so if anyone slips up a two, or if, say, someone's got an injury doesn't make the final, which tends to happen a lot, doesn't it? Mm. We could be like... We could have a t- proper, proper you mess on our hands. Yeah, because that top two, like, say... Say, I don't know, someone gets a twinge. Yeah. Dina gets a twinge. <laughs> and then two others. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's amazing. And then that's thinking about the relay squad, the implications there. We're not even factoring in the girls who are more 60, 100 metre runners. <laughs> the competition to get a hand on that baton is going to be well, something well, I, No, no, I've got, I think me and Jenny are going to say the same thing here. You do not touch that team. Yeah. Do not touch that team for a good five years unless you actually <laughs> have to. Um, they are fantastic together as great if you've got some um, extra people to put in so the fact that Bianca's around etc is fantastic but there's Imani there's Asha there yeah. are lots of people knocking on the and, door um, Desiree hasn't run fast this year she's mm. only done two races and they've not been very good 11.6 or 11.7 in 100 well mm. um, Dean um, Desiree's on the usually on the anchor well, no, no Desiree's the second Daryl was on the anchor last year I forgot about Daryl yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was amazing in London Daryl does last leg yeah, yeah. Gosh, there's so many sprint queens. I love it. It's an enormous royal family of pacey ladies. Well, talking about the um, ones that are now, mm. the only reason that we can talk about them is because we had girls, I shouldn't say girls, I don't like saying girls, women, ladies back in the day who held the fort, you know, for that good, like almost 30 years, we didn't really have consistently high quality um, female sprinters, but we did have ones who were always there, always consistent, and we could look up to. And hopefully the girls now sort of... N- um, so we thought we'd speak to some of them as well. Um, so you spoke to first of all, Jenny? I spoke to Paula Dunn. I was really excited to speak to Paula Dunn because back in our day, um, she was the she was the British sprinter yeah. between eighty six and ninety five. Um, she won like the three A's five times. She was the she won Commonwealth medals. She was the one that kind of just about was there. Mm. Eleven fourteen, I think, and twenty two sixty nine the fastest British sprinter for the, out the whole of the 90s with those times. And it was really nice to get her perspective on why we've had such a drought in the women's sprints. Take two. Take two. <laughs> okay, take two. Hi, I'm Cathy Freeman, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. Yay! 
without giving either of our ages away, I just want to say it's really exciting to talk to you because when I first was into athletics, which is quite a while ago now, you literally were the number one British female sprinter. And for quite a long time, British sprinting, there was only really you. Well, that's a long, long time ago, so you have got an exceptionally good memory. Um, that is exceptionally long, yes. I mean, I retired, um, like I was thinking about it before this call, 22 years ago, wow. so it's a long, long time. Um, and then, obviously, you look at somebody like Dean and some of our young sprinters, they actually weren't born when I was racing, <laughs> which is quite depressing, really, when I think of it like that. Um, so I, I think it's, um, all, all events just go through the peaks and troughs, and, um, and you know, we're in a, absolutely supreme purple patch at the moment so you were number you were british number one like in the late 80s and the early 90s from 86 to 95 i think was really your your peak years five times three a's champion at the 100 meters you were two times commonwealth medalist at over 100 meters um and you were the fastest british woman throughout the whole of the 90s in the 100 and the 200 you ran 11 15 and 22 69 so they they were good times, and you were really the premier British sprinter of that period. Wow. I, I, you know what? When I think back, I don't actually even know how I did it, so thank <laughs> you. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, and, you know, it, it was, you just did it at the time. You didn't think you were running particularly well, because obviously it was during the, the Eastern, um, yeah. East German era. We were running, you know, consistently, you know, sub sub 11 seconds and you know really quickly over the 200 and obviously the era of flojo <laughs> so um you, when you compare yourself into in that time scale you didn't actually think you were doing that good but you know with on reflection you know there were strong times and um, so you know you look back with, with a probably a bit of more pride now than I did at the time. I mean, you did have some competition in Britain. Stephanie Douglas was around, Simone yeah, Jacobs, yeah. a little bit Simone, later on, yeah, yeah. Marcy Richardson. But Absolutely. You, but you were, you kind of felt watching. You were, you were the number one, and you were out there by yourself. Why was that? Why wasn't there such depth in sprinting in that period, kind of the late eighties, early nineties? It's really difficult to say. Um, you know. They, they obviously, as I say, they're coming peaks and troughs. Yeah. You know, before me, there was Kathy Kirk, yes. there was Sonia Lannerman, there were some great sprinters. There's Calendar, and just, Andrea Lynch, Yeah, exactly. And I just think they're just like peaks and troughs. And um, and I think sometimes you just have a, um, some really good role models who just inspire people um, to, to go into that event. Um, and also, I think sometimes it's just the media attention. You know, if, you, if you're constantly told that you're not doing mm-hmm. particularly well and the event's weak, it doesn't really inspire anybody to come and try to do that event. Yeah. And so I just think at the time, it, it was a, a mixture of a different combination of other things that probably um, probably put, the, you know, the mockers on the female sprinters. Um, but like at the time now, you know, it's flourishing and people are really interested. They're getting really good media um, attention, rightly so. And obviously we always, always have had, well, from the from the 80s onwards, we've always had good male sprinters. We've had really, like we've had Linford and, and John, and but then we also had like that kind of second level. We're always there or thereabouts, which we kind of lacked on the women's side. But I think what you said was something quite interesting. The women had the East Germans, they had Flojo. Let's not go into why they were so good. But there was a lack of motivation for women, because like you said, you could be the best in Britain and you still weren't going to be at the top of the world. So do you think that had something oh, to do really? with it? Honestly, yeah. I mean, 
I think that you have to just absolutely just actually put their nail on the head there because I think um, the men's side were always strong. They always had people get into finals. The women's side, I think if you look at the depth of some of the times that some of the women, especially the East Germans and some of the Americas were racing, you know, it, it kind of was a bit of a demotivating factor. You know, I could run 11-1 and not even get to the semi-final. Yeah. And on top of that, you've been told constantly that you're not doing very well and the men's are doing brilliantly. And like you say, it's not a say, not, it's not, it wasn't an inviting environment to say, come and join the, the speed up there and the sprints. Because, you know, the, um, the perception was that we weren't very good. <laughs> and athletics is one of the few sports that there is total gender parity between men and women more so now than then but um even then it was probably the sport with the most gender parity but was there still an, a problem with getting women involved in sport and especially in sports, uh, sports and events that involve more power definitely yeah i um you know like now it's it's definitely more inviting and i think the, especially when you come to the power events, I think there's still, there was then, and now it's, it's trendy to have muscles. You know, people want to look fit and healthy at the time. You know, people go, you don't want muscles. And, you know, fortunately, I, I was tiny, so, and the, the British girls were always really tiny for some reason in comparison to the rest of the world. And so you didn't get that tag, but you, you, you always had that mumbling in the background that, you know, got to look like a boy or look at the muscles on that person. Um, and nowadays, you just don't hear that. Fans love a relay. We're obsessed with a relay. We're obsessed really with who's going on what leg, and the selectors have got it wrong every single year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was there any focus on training for the relay then? No. No. There was no focus. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't... It's, if you ever told some of the stories, I don't think people would believe it. Literally, there was no focus at all. Um, so when I look at what they've got these days, yeah. people criticise, no, it's absolutely brilliant. At least there's a focus. At least you're going out there feeling prepared. Mm. You know, people are working. I was working yeah. full-time. Most yeah. athletes were working. And there was very few people sponsored. There was no lottery support. So if you put it in that context, you know, asking people to take time out um, to, to go on and, you know, to go on a camp or to go to London to do trading, you know, yeah, to cover your expenses, but you're still taking a day off work or you're going to lose a day's pay. You know, because the criticism was fierce sometimes. How unfair it was. It's like throwing four people together, giving them probably less than 10 hours of work together, quality work that doesn't impact on your uh, individual event, and then say, go out there and run against the best in the world. It, it, it sounds ridiculous, but... That's what literally was happening. And of course, like I said, it is how fast you get the baton around, not the fast, the how fast the sprinters are. But at the moment, we are spoiled for choice for female sprinters. We are spoiled for what choice. What do you think about how the lovely is it? <laughs> oh my god, I think it's amazing, and um, I am just so proud of them. And you know what? It's um, the, the domestic scene is always good. If it's competitive, it pushes people yeah. on. You know, you want it to be red hot to get the best out of people. You know, people are still like. Dina's running brilliantly. She knows she can't have a hiccup because there's somebody behind yeah. her. So, which is a great position for us as for people watching it is for the, for the athletes, they're probably cursing, <laughs> but it's a brilliant position to be in that everybody's striving. There's no fear now. So, you know, you know, Dina's broken 11. I guarantee other people are, are looking like I can do that. I was racing with Dina, you know, three years ago. I could be that good. So it's absolutely brilliant.
I'm absolutely loving it. Um, and obviously, as a female sprinter, you know, ex-sprinter, it's great to see that the event I did is getting the, you know, the juice it deserves rather than being knocked as being, you know, not very good or the quality of not very good. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Um, Thank like you, Jodie. You said back in the day you didn't think you were doing that well, but let me tell you, from a fan's perspective, <laughs> you are definitely a UK sprint queen and you definitely oh, deserve you. to be in, the <laughs> in today's conversation. Before you go, there's just three questions we're asking everybody. Okay, cool. When you started out or when you were first getting successful athletics, who were your um, inspirations? There was two, actually. There was um, Cassie Cook because she was there winning medals against the Eastern Bloc, which was a phenomenal. And I think people forget how really good she was. She was you know, amazing, phenomenal athlete. And the second one was somebody who I was training with called Shirley Strong. Oh, yeah. And so I was in a training group and she went to uh, Moscow and um, LA, sorry, and won a silver medal in the in the in the in the hurdles. And um, I want to ask you something about Shirley Strong. Is it true she used to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's really bad. I've just met her recently and she's still smoking. She's tried, <laughs> so she's not even giving it up. She's going to kill me for telling her that. So, also, you were a sub-23 second 200-metre runner, the fastest woman in the whole of the 90s from the UK. And what is the secret to being able to run sub-23 over 200 metres? You know what? It's that mixture of having that top-end speed endurance and it's doing those horrible sessions that no sprinter really likes, which is the 250s and 300s. So it's just making sure you put some of that real grasping sessions down to get that speed endurance. Um, I never liked the 200. I mean, I was purely a 100-meter runner. Um, but when I did a 200, that that did hurt. But you've got to put the speed endurance to get those really quick times, the sub-23s. Yeah, because some people forget that. And if you look at who are the best 200-meter runners in the world at the moment, they run 400s as well. They run 400s, and you can't get away from it. You, if, you're gonna, you, if you try to do... A train to 100 and do it to two, you you will suffer at 170, <laughs> I'm telling you. So you have to put some real, you know, grafting sessions in. You were a championship runner. Um, what would your um, entrance music have been if you got could choose a track to enter the stadium? My coach, my old coach, um, Jim Harris, who passed away, we, we used to always play in this song called Simply the Best by Tina Turner. <laughs> yes. So it was it was dedicated to him, Scott Simply the Best for him. <laughs> so when the tune was going to be, it would be Simply the Best. <laughs> but not really, not really a reflection of me, more my coach, but Simply the Best by Tina Turner. That's, that's a great song to introduce yourself to the crowd. <laughs> Hi, my name is Asha Phillip and you're listening to The Backstreet Boys. Listening to those is really interesting because one thing that all the younger cohort was speaking about was how self-sustaining all of this is success breeds success yeah. there is now a culture of excellence within uk sprinting and it's competitive and it's inspiring simultaneously think how difficult it will have been to have been paula to have been someone racing back when you had all the pressure and all the expectation and when you came to trials and you were racing domestically there was no one to race against but also you had the men win olympic gold medals you know, the yes. men win, win the Olympics, win the world, mm-hmm. getting all of the attention, and the women were just a total afterthought. As she says, they didn't even really have a relay. No <laughs> relay training, they just sort of got dumped thrown together. And the assumption was they weren't going to get anywhere anyway, so no one cared. Which is why I suppose that a lot of the younger girls we've spoken to today have cited for um, athletes 
from around the world mm. as their inspirations growing up because as fantastic as Paula was as fantastic as Jeanette will have been mm. as someone for the girls to really look up to and aspire towards they had to cast their minds across to Alison Felix across to other athletes well it's interesting you say that because the other person I spoke to it was just after Paula so maybe to the next generation I spoke to um, Abby Yepitan who is a very good friend of mine is, is to, be, to be fair um, and she's someone who doesn't really blow her own trumpet so we, we started off with, with that how do you feel being described as one of Britain's greatest ever sprint queens? Uh, I do. <laughs> I'm not sure I feel like I am the great, one of the greatest, but um, I think I've, as I've grown older, I can take compliments a bit more. So I'll just take that. And um, yeah, it feels great. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad, glad to hear that. As you well know, Bayo, I always wanted more. I always, I always want more. So um I just feel like I didn't I didn't achieve as much as I could have um, due to those like injury problems and operations and time out of the sport. Um, but yeah, you know it's great when you in hindsight I you know I, I did great things. So you know it's great sometimes to get reminders. Often from the outside we can look at someone's achievements and we can decide what we think is their, their greatest achievement. Which in your case I suppose would be like success at the Olympics. But that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that the individual looks at it that way I mean what do you consider your greatest achievement in the sport I think for me it definitely was 2004 I can't I yeah I think it, it was a, that was definitely set a mark you know the year before I hadn't started running a two, 200 meters till 2003 I had run a handful of 200 meters I refused to run 200 I thought it was so t- it was way too far and in 2003 at 3A's Tony made me run the 200 meters and I broke I went under 23 um, 23 seconds and then uh, running in, two, in the world in 2003 and running so terribly abysmally and then making the decision to really really kind of train for the 200 metres going into Olympic Games I feel like the 2004 just showed you know how just showed the beginnings of how far I could have gone what, what do you think was going on during that period before you came about that maybe meant that we didn't have the success on the women's side that we did on the men's I really can't I can't tell you why I really can't pinpoint why we didn't we didn't have anybody coming through we had people kind of knocking the door obviously the joyce did 22 8 or 20 whatever i couldn't tell you sorry babe. no no, no, no that's absolutely fine because i think that is generally the case that we we haven't really been able to put a finger on it you know that's from mm-hmm. f- fans or athletes themselves we, we had that long long period where we just didn't really know what had happened you know luckily it's it's turned around recently obviously um just quickly to go back to 2001 um we had that fantastic relay performance we ran 4260 which you know at the time was our our second fastest ever I think um I very Mm. clearly remember an an interview you did afterwards with it was yourself Marcia Sarah Wilhelm and Venetia James wasn't it um it's one of my favorite interviews ever because they go through the three girls who are all like super excited and they get to you and you basically say I'm not it wasn't very good we didn't get a medal um and I remember laughing. I don't remember that part. Yeah, I remember laughing at the time because it was it was really good attitude to show in in many ways. You know, you you weren't satisfied with um, not being the, the very best you could be, and that is a really great attitude to have. Did you have any idea why we didn't build on that on that relay success? Because it was a bit of a one off until sort of ten years later yeah. when we, we started running. Yeah. Good I think for me, relay was like, I'm, you know, in hindsight, it's not a great thing, but we just didn't have that kind of team camaraderie that, um, that we needed for a relay. Um, it was very much about, you know, your individual events 
and not really understanding actually it doesn't take away from that you know it kind of adds to it but in 2001 I think it was me Venetia were, were really new it was like well, it was my first it was my first senior competition Venetia's I think as well and she was really young as well I think it was Regis who was train, um, coaching us with the relay and he wasn't having any of it. So he just trained us. We just trained up for the relay. Um, we, I think in that, that year we came together. Um, but subsequent years, it just became like the coaches change. You know, those egos coaches were, I don't know, wouldn't have a consistent coach and wouldn't have something that led to the team and made it kind of like a team. And it got to a point where I just didn't want to do the relay. I just wanted to concentrate on my own individual events because it was like... And all the through all the um, Olympics I went to, we ne- I never had a relay team. There was never... Olymp- uh, in 2004 and in 2012, there was not a relay team. Why do you think suddenly, you know, we got a bronze medal in 2013 and from then our relays have been one of our strongest events, which is strange because we spent like a decade dropping the baton. We have a de- we have the depth now as well. We have so many girls, British athletics, whatever you call it, um, is pushing the team and uh, making sure they've got that kind of team dynamics, which they didn't, I don't think they did in, when I was competing. But it's amazing now you've got the depth. You can, you know, they can pick and choose and it's a competition. There's a competition to get a team. You didn't have that. So... Um, I think that makes a huge difference. When you were growing up, when you started in the sport, who were your sort of sprinting um, inspirations? One, when um, I was... Oh God, how old was I? It's 1992, and I'm sure everybody says this. 1992, Linford Christie in the 100-metre final. And uh, I remember him... I remember it so well. My whole family, we had one TV in the house. My parents... You know, me and my siblings sat down and watched Linford Christie win the 100 metres at Barcelona Olympic Games. And I had never watched athletics on TV, never. But my parents sat us all down to watch this. And it made me think, oh, my God, I want to be, I wanted to, I want to go to Olympic Games. And I did athletics at school and middle school. And, you know, I was, I was, I was a, decent, a decent runner and stuff. But I thought, oh, my God, this is what he, this is why... You know, when you run fast, this is where you go. You go to the Olympic Games. And so that was one of the reasons I got into... I wanted to go to the Olympic Games. And it was a thing that always stuck in my mind. Second of all, when I started watching athletics, there was a woman, and I never remember her name properly, and she was a 200-metre runner. No, she was a 100-metre, 200-400. Pavlova or Pavlova? She's Russian. Pavlova. Pavlova. She... Yep. And she... Her technique was amazing and I remember thinking I need to run like her and her high knees were was like amazing and I thought that's how I need to run and she was always in my mind I would think about the way she would run I would always try and emulate that and so I looked to her. A male sprinter and a Russian female sprinter because I suppose for your generation there weren't any British female sprinters on the world stage. Those are the two, yeah. When you ran 22.50 you at the time were the second fastest um, British 200 metre runner of all time. You're still fifth on that list so you know not that many people have gone past you since. What does it take to run sort of tub 23 for maybe younger people who are listening? It's when you run your PB, it's effortless. It doesn't feel like you run a PB at all. It's, it's weird. For me, um, running the 200 metres and only starting doing it like a year before, I didn't have um, the, the endurance, the speed endurance that I needed um, at, before that. And so I started to train 
I started to train with like the 400 meter runners and Tony started to put more kind of speed endurance into my training. I think that was the key. I had the speed to a point, obviously, I wasn't like a mass, you know, a 10 to 10 something runner. But and Tony was the first one before. The reason why I hated running 200 meters because I was never running it properly. I was running it like I was running 100. I'd sprint out like a crazy person. When I grasped that it's not about sprinting all the way around, you know, then it became so easy. When I could see it, I can do it, I could do it. It is effortless. When you get when you get it right, it's the it's the easiest, easiest race ever, as far as I'm concerned. You know, in boxing when people come into entrance music, um, if they did that in athletics, yeah. if they did it in athletics, what would your entrance music have been? I never listened to music when I was competing because I always felt it gave... I was always hyped anyway, and then it just made me too hyper. It would be uh, Kendrick Lamar, and it would be... Then make sure I got this Pray For Me, where he starts rapping. And it was for me, it was just kind of that hype music. It's kind of self-empowering and kind of talking about who's your hero. and, And, yeah, I think that would be my kind of walking in into like a stadium and kind of feeling hyped. Hi, I'm Jenny Meadows and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. British female sprinters is an obsession with people on the internet, like in all the chat rooms, it's something mm. we talk about a lot. And Abby has always been someone here who everyone's got so much respect Absolutely. for. Because getting to an Olympic final in 2004 was something that hadn't been done for 20 years. And she was so nonchalant about it as well. Like, she's like, oh, I came, like, she came seventh. Um, oh, I was rubbish, I didn't get a medal. No, Abby, it was a phenomenal achievement. Mm. And I feel like sometimes she pushed herself a little bit too hard, which is maybe why she had a few injuries. But also, like, even then, when there was lottery funding, there was no real support around an athlete. But she went 22.50. Yeah. 22.50 <laughs> back in, in 2014, which was the second part of 2004. 20th, sorry, yeah, 2004, um, which was the second fastest um, British female um, at that time, and still is fifth, you know, and we've been talking about all the mm. great performances in the last three, four years, she's still the fifth fastest ever, 22.5 is a really, really world-class time. In an Olympic final In an well. Olympic final, exactly, so she is someone I have the utmost respect for, and I think it was really great there, so she seems to be coming around to the idea, she was pretty good, Yeah. <laughs> what was really interesting, when I say, who are your, um, who did you look up to, she comes up with a, a man, Linda Christie, and... I mean, a Pravalova, which took me... I wasn't expecting that at all. But she didn't really have a British um, um, female runner of her generation to look up to. That can't be said of the generations to come, can it? Because we're... Of course, if you're a young... You know, if you're a junior athlete right now, how incredible the way is being paved by these eight girls who... These 11 girls who could be going to Europeans and legitimately all of whom have a shot at a medal. But also, when we talked to Beth Dobbin, her was um, Jess Ennis. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How cool, because Jess, well, that's a world-class sprinter as oh, well. Yes. <laughs> yes. They've got the same PB. It's ridiculous. <laughs> also, I remember casting my eyes down the rankings, looking at British all-time 200 metres. Cat Johnson-Thompson yes. is right up there. Yeah. We are really, at the moment, spoiled for choice. Absolutely. Um, but I want to throw a few more names in the mix, just, mm. to, just to mention them, because we, we haven't spoken to them, they haven't really come up, but there's a couple of um, ladies who... Really, really, really deserve um, some attention here. First of all, Joyce Madwaka. Yes. Now, after Paula Dunn, Joyce Madwaka was basically the Paula Dunn of the next 10 years, wasn't she? <laughs> she was the one who was always there, always always about, always made the team. She was the, the single most... Um, um, not successful. She was consistent. The most consistent. That's the word I'm looking for. And I would be at all surprised if she has more British championships than anybody else. I, I'm, I'm almost certain she does because she did 100 and 200, and she did it consistently for like 10 years or yeah. more, didn't she? Uh, we'll look that up. But um, Joyce Madawaka was. She never quite made it to the 
the pinnacle. She always made the team. She did really, really well. She ran fast, mm. but she never quite made it that far, that far on the on the world scene. But she really should be thrown in the in the conversation. Yeah, she was fantastic. And the other Miss Jeanette Quarchi, yeah, um, yes. who um, just after Abby, kind of just just a couple of years after Abby, she made the Olympic final. Four years after Abby, she made the Olympic final as well in the hundred. I think she also came seventh. She came sixth. Sixth, okay. Um, and she won a silver medal at the um, World Indoors um, over sixty meters. Um, again, another fantastic um, athlete who. Injury again, um, sidelined her career, but now we all know she's the new Phil on the BBC, isn't she? So, and doing a fantastic <laughs> job, I have to say. Well, at the Commonwealth Games, my mum, my mum actually, I was, I was literally stood next to, um, stood next to Jeanette. We just were having a chat, and I spoke to my mum, or she messaged me. She said, "Who's that new girl on the on the BBC? She's doing a fantastic job." <laughs> and I literally turned back to Jeanette and said, "My mum thinks she's doing a fantastic job." Oh, which how was, lovely! Which was great. But all these injuries these girls got, ladies, sorry. Um, and you, you look at the injuries that people have had recently. Now, Jodie's been out with injuries. But As Dina was badly injured, but has come back stronger than ever. Yeah. So I'm, I'm mm. hoping that the support that they get nowadays yeah. is so much better that things get um, sort of, like diagnosed, first of all, because mm. Abby had so many years of just trying to work out. And I think Jeanette did as well. She's yeah. got big scars on her Achilles yeah. where she had so many operations. Um, the, the girls these days, they get it diagnosed properly and they have the media and they have the knowledge to know how to manage these things as well. Well, that's what, for me, was sort of the overwhelming sense from the interviews that we've had so far with the girls running at the moment is that the reason that British sprinting is so healthy and so strong is that things have advanced to the point where girls, they know which training works for them. They know mm. when to race, they know how to taper, they know how nutrition and all those little marginal gains are coming together. And like you said, Shannon and Dina have both had foot fractures in the last 18 months. And look at them both. They're both sub-23 and they're both hopefully heading to major champs this summer. I think the, probably a real difference is that the powers that be are now counting on medals from these people. You yes. know? In the past, if someone got injured, it wasn't going to matter with their model count. It wasn't going to matter with lottery funding. They weren't going to be um, cut. Whereas now, if... Dean or the relay team are gone. That's potentially two extra medals which are good to go to count to important um, mm. funding issues, isn't it? It's one other group of women I'd just like to give a quick shout out to. Go now, on. Do you remember how in 2012 we didn't have a women's 4 by one team in the Olympics? Of which course, is yeah. absolutely shameful. And mm. I don't blame the athletes, I blame the powers, um, that powers that be for basically not caring enough to make sure they did it. Um, so in 2013 we went to the World Championships. We had a team in the four by one. It was slightly cobbled together Fast team. Fast yeah. team. <laughs> not not people you would know to necessarily know, but we got this ridiculously shocking bronze medal. Um, mm. We got the baton round first of all, which was something just had not Yay. been happening for, for years. <laughs> and there was missed batons, there was drop batons, there was people running at the lane, there was all kinds of disqualifications and that. But we came along away with a bronze medal. And I remember just losing it in the stadium. We're actually in the stadium because it was Hayley Jones, wasn't it, yes. who came over the over the line for us. Um, Annabelle Lewis, um, mm-hmm. Ashley, and, and Dina, of course. A seventeen-year-old Dina. What kind of team is yeah. that? And since then, although. Um, Ashley's kind of been injured on what I said so she's back this year and she's under 23 yeah, <laughs> again PB, um, PB, yeah. exactly um, and Dina has obviously gone on to great things we haven't really heard from Hayley or Annabelle since but I just wanted to put, put their names in there because they started the ball, the ball rolling the especially, for the, especially for the relay was that we can get the relay baton round we did get the relay baton round and they will forever be world championship medalists which is fantastic that is the perfect moment in which case to then bring in the woman who is a major part of the fact that um, this is so great British female sprinters are no longer also runs. Mm-hmm. They aren't there to make up the numbers. They aren't there because there is an obligation to fill spots in athletics teams. Although that is a good thing. Selectors, if you're listening, send athletes to championships. <laughs> but British female sprinters are vying for places in finals. They are vying for medals. And they are really pushing 
what is possible within the sport. I think national records are dropping like flies and let's hope we see some more of them. But Dina Asher-Smith is at the forefront of that. And we have got that interview special mentioned coming up over the next week. It's an absolute doozy. She's so articulate and affable and interesting. Um, But for now, let's drop a little snippet of it in about the sprinting landscape and how fantastically altered it has been over the last few years. Hi, this is Sandy Morris and you're listening to The Backstreet. British sprinting is just on fire at the moment. What has happened there? Um, I think that the potential that people have seen like have been showing for a few years now we're all just coming of age you're all growing up um it's all the times when you know when like for example in london when people come forth and then people like oh so close and you're like wait 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 fourth is a good thing trust me um Mm -hmm. i think you're starting to see the first well not necessarily first but the early signs of that because there are so many talented athletes right now in British athletics so many across all disciplines in the track on the track in the field on the road everything but um sometimes you need to be a little bit patient because they might be talent they might be really talented but they also might be 19 racing (laughs) 27 year olds (laughs) Mm -hmm. so what I think is everybody's kind of settling into their groove they're starting to work out their bodies they're starting to work out what works for them what they need what inputs they need to run fast um and it's just kind of like we're all just starting to get into our prime I think and that's what you're seeing we're all of similar ages all doing well all starting to get into our prime and understanding things so we're just seeing the culmination of that and that must be incredibly self-sustaining because you're both in competition with and inspiring one another. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's good. You know that you have to work really hard in training every single week because somebody will just come out and beat you. Like, that is mm. the matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, of and um, that level of healthy competition does really, really help you perform. So come trials. And we are speaking today for an interview, a long-form interview with yourself but also going to snip out this little bit and chuck it in our sprint queen special which is mm. going out next week uh we i think there are seven girls now who's gone sub 23 this year oh yeah which is absolutely amazing so mm. there's the potential of a final in which every single person can break that barrier which is a pretty hallowed barrier in oh, yeah. british sprinting um what's the secret if you had to give me one top tip to break 23 over 200 um. meters I think 23 is all about speed endurance. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there are obviously running fast is takes a lot of things, mental confidence, strength, having done the training, believing in yourself. But I see the key thing that differentiates you from a 23 plus and a sub 23 would Mm. be having a good level of speed and being able to maintain it where it sounds really silly, but um, you have to be able to have the speed of a hundred meter girl and be able to hold it. That's, I think that is a sub-23 run. It's been a few years since you ran a 43-something 400. Would you ever go back to that distance? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Question. You mentioned endurance and I thought, I um, wonder. I'd quite like to do a 4 by 4 one day, I think. It looks... I don't want to use that. F for fun word <laughs> but like the come like the team the team bonding and like mm. the the kind of little bit okay no elbows but a little bit of argy-bargy the taking over it kind of looks a bit fun painful very painful i i still don't know how people that do a 400 or a 4 by 4 go on bbc afterwards and talk you'd have to i'd have to be lying there they'd have to be like and dina is reporting from the floor I'd be like hi i'm alive that was good happy speak to you soon <laughs> but um yeah i think 
I'd like to do a four by four, but I, I, I don't know. 400 is a long way and I'm kind of enjoying the shorter distances <laughs> at the moment. So <laughs> I do not blame you. Yeah. And you get all the camaraderie and the fun team bonding with being a member of the four by one. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. At the moment. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not lacking in that department. <laughs> pretty hot competition for spots too, which is brilliant. Yeah. Which always keeps it healthy as well. It makes sure that you have to be efficient at changes. You, there's no slacking because nobody's spot is guaranteed. Representative of what rude health British sprinting is in. It is. We're also asking all of our sprint queens what their entrance music would be. If you could walk out Ooh. to your lane at let's say, British champs this summer. Yeah, what would be blaring out of the tannoys? Oh, that is a really good question. Ooh. Ooh. Jazz? No, <laughs> wrong vibe. <laughs> At the moment, I think it'll be Django Jane by Janelle Monet. Okay. But um, that's just because that is like the kind of feminist anthem in my head right now. I love the idea of a feminist anthem. Yeah, of though. course, you have to. Come on. Definitely. <laughs> you have to. That's the one that's in my head at the moment. I don't know. You kind of could do, you could do something really fun. <laughs> like the hokey cake, you know, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon Hilton went for Stronger by Kanye. Oh my Controversial God, I was listening figure. to that today. That was in my head. Yeah, that one would be a really good one. It's an absolute tune. I like that. I think that would probably inspire all eight of you at the start, yeah. then, which would be quite nice. Yeah. And then, actually, speaking of inspiration, the last one we're asking everyone is to name one person who inspires them to be the sprinter that they are today. Uh, Alison Felix. I think that's pretty simple. I think that's probably a common one. That has come up quite She's a lot, common. Yes. She's phenomenal. Uh, just the kid in me, like, the, the one that has been watching Alison kill it since she was so young. Oh, my heart burnt for her in Rio. Like... Oh it would goodness. have been such a nice story, just a nice culmination of like, yes, I made the transition from this to this to this. You know, we've got another Olympics. <laughs> and But yeah, Alison Felix, she's an absolute queen. Absolute incredible queen. The consummate champion, she's beautiful to watch. Yep. I always think she's... I love the moments when that poised exterior just cracks and you see the passion underneath, like when they were initially disqualified in that relay yeah. in Rio. Yeah. And you see how much she cares and how fiery she is. And oh, I could talk about Alison Felix. No, she's incredible. She is honestly one of those people that you don't get the feeling a lot, but um, when you line up against her, it's weird. I was having this chat with Nike in Oregon, actually. This is such a weird chat. I was I was actually mm. like just being like, I love Alison, obviously, in a c- competitive way. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those few people that even though like you stand on the line and you wholeheartedly want to win, if she won, I'd be like, cool. Okay, maybe, my, please, John can't listen to this. But, <laughs> but um, it's just, you don't get that with anybody else, I don't think, personally. Um, you were, Obviously, I line up to wanting to win and I will do everything in my power to win. But if she beats me, I'm not annoyed. I'm like, go yeah. on, yeah, still killing it. How many Olympics have you been to? Incredible, keep going, keep running fast. <laughs> I love that. Probably, yeah, but you don't, I don't think, I don't know if that's a me thing or if it's a common thing, but I don't think you get that with many athletes. Probably the only person that they won. I'm, I'm wholeheartedly like, yeah, well done, go for it. That was an amazing run. I'm so happy for you. Keep killing it. Good luck at the World Championships. Really want you to win. Like, <laughs> 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 obviously, I hope you're not in my event, but you know what I mean? Yeah. She's just, it's just, I think it's because she's so gracious. She's just great. 
Like, <laughs> I hope she's a She'd be a so very big top trump card, Alison Felix. Oh, yeah. Racing her, it just it feels really good. It's, it's special. You're like, I'm going to try my best. But when you race, it's like, oh, race Alison Felix. Yay. <laughs> and I didn't do too badly. <laughs> I mean, what can you say about Dina? She is the complete package. Like, she is ridiculously fast, <laughs> but she looks gorgeous. She speaks so eloquently. She's so smart. She's so, like you said, so affable. She's so approachable. Mm. She, she's, she's the perfect athlete, <laughs> as far as I'm she concerned. I oh, Did you see on um, Twitter, um, I don't know if you spoke to her about oh, this. Mama oh, Mama Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, he's got, I think he's got the hot Sedina. <laughs> I think you might do just a smidgen. Bayo looks very sceptical. Um, what I was going to say. <laughs> um, but what, what I think is, what is, I was thinking this yesterday. It's quite possible, and this is not something you would ever have thought, basically in the entire history of British athletics, it's quite possible at the end of the year, the British um, top athletes are going to be a female sprinter in the male, ha- male hammer throw. <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. I don't know. There's going to be some competition from the men's sprinters as well. I think there could well be. Yeah. We have one final thing to talk about. It's a complete change of subject. Um, before... We... Oh, my God. Let's try that again. So British sprinting is in an absolutely amazing place, as are our reviews on iTunes, because they keep coming in, which is absolutely fantastic. So those of you who listen to the Backstreet Boys and Girl on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a review. There are prizes on their way to those who do. And I just wanted to read this one by Stuart691, which I thought was really interesting and worthy of mention. Fantastic, with minor complaint, five stars. (laughs) For a self-certified athletics nut, I love this podcast. Just felt that the Semenya debate in the last episode was pretty one-sided. A bit strange to claim to not understand the science, then proceed to be so emphatic about how the new regulations are wrong. Caster has undoubtedly been shabbily treated, but comparing her to Paula was a really strange analogy. Please keep up the great work. (laughs) (laughs) What do you two think about the point on the Semenya-Radcliffe debate? I think he's got an absolutely perfect point. We we did claim we know nothing about the medical side and then went on to spout loads of stuff about the medical side. So he's got us us bang to rights. But we are opinionated and that's why you listen to this podcast. (laughs) I think that the thing, if I remember correctly, the point we made was that Casta Semenya was... Paula had said something about it's not fair to the other women who have to line up against Casta and they know they can't win. And the point we made was, well, that's exactly how people felt when they lined up against Paula. Because she had physical... uh, things that made her better than everyone else. Of course. Now, we don't know the science, and it's probably a lot more complicated than that, but I feel that there was, I feel I can stand by that point. Uh, I think my point would be more, and I don't disagree with the, this review at all, I would say that my major complaint about Casta isn't, I know nothing about the science, as we say, mm. uh, but my complaint isn't to do with the science, it's to do with how she's been singled out and rules have been brought into effect specifically tailored to her. That's why mm. I think she's been unfairly um, treated, and I think that we can say that without knowing anything about the science to say rules should not be tailored towards one person they should be um, encompassing everybody and in this case Mm. that's clearly not what's happened agreed and it's not a comparison that we drew between her and Paula because they are the only two who are peerless in their fields there are a lot of other athletes you could look at and say they have this advantage they have this advantage they are in this way superior to their yeah, they're competitors. Um, but I just want to say a big thank you to, to Stuart six nine one because we don't mind a bit of criticism. We can no. take it. On, we no. can take it on the nose. Um, so keep them coming. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, Stuart, if you do get in touch on Twitter, we will maybe send you something in the post. We might just certainly to will. show how magnanimous we are. Oh. <laughs> but also, please on Twitter or in the reviews, 
Do talk about topics. Do tell us stuff you'd like us to discuss. If there's anyone you'd really like us to interview, we can try and get that interview as well. If you've got any questions for that person, do let us know. And while you're at it, please rate and review on iTunes because that's how we get the word out. Hi, I'm Morgan Lake and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. So a few things for you to all take away. UK Sprinting is on fire. Dina Asher-Smith is coming to your lucky, lucky eardrums very shortly and you must rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. Thank you very much for listening. Bye! Bye.